0: Uh, During COVID last year, uh, man, look around. We're on about half of what we were. We've not been able to do the ministry we were doing, and things have changed, and uh, uh, the devil's kind of really robbed us of our purpose, and we want to regain that purpose. Even though we're not full speed, we still want to regain the purpose that God has for us. Our theme verse has been out of the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29 and 11, out of the New Living Translation. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, their are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Amen. As we're looking today, I want to entitle it a Christ mindset, dealing particularly with verse number 5, going a little bit forward and a little bit backward from that verse. But I've always heard it said by a lot of Christians who've been down the road that the way up comes from being down. You've got to go down before you go up. The Bible pretty well tells us that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. A young lady was having a lot of trouble with pride. And, uh, uh, you know, a good friend, close friend, told her about the problem she was having and said, you need to work on humility. So she made an agreement with her that for the next 30 days she would do everything she could to show everybody how humble she could be. Well, when the end of the 30 days was up, her friend looked at her and said, wow you've done a great job you must be proud she said yes i am (laughs) So, you know, sometimes it reverses. Sometimes uh, uh, pride is very, very difficult in our life. I mean, uh, sometimes our humility, we're prideful in our humility. You go back to the New Testament, those religious people in Jesus' day, the Pharisee, man, they were prideful because they claimed to be humble. They put forth a good front, telling everybody how humble they were, making themselves look humble, when actually they were dealing totally, totally heaped up in pride. So this morning I want to cover four topics in these few verses that are not popular. We want to look at sacrifice, humility, submission, and suffering. All of those are essential to living the purpose that God wants us to live. All of those are essential if we're going to have a mindset of Christ. Now, before I get started in the heart of the message, pride means uh, selfish vain glory. It is seeking glory for yourself above others. Lost people sometimes are prideful because they say, I don't need Christ. I'm making it fine without him. Saved people, sometimes we have pride saying the same thing. You know, mentally, I can do it on my own. I don't need Christ. I don't need to live out a purpose for Christ in my life. And sometimes we think God owes us instead of us owing God. But my selfish pride over the years has gotten in my way so, so many times. It's gotten in my way in marriage. It's gotten in my way of being a pastor. I mean, pride just heaps in. When you least expect it, you just allow yourself to get a hold of your own self. And you, you wind up living some in pride. And it's an issue that... Once pride comes in, it creates an action, and the action is always not pleasing to God. So let's pray and begin the reading of the Scripture in verse 5. Our Heavenly Father, open our eyes that we'll be able to see. Lord, open our ears to be able to hear. But most of all, Lord, open our heart to receive the things of your Word today, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation and he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, um, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him And he's given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, ye as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but how much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God that worketh in you to both his will and to do his good pleasure. Now verse number 5, the key said, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Now in order to understand that verse completely, let's back up two verses. Let's see what brings this to play. Verse number 3 tells us that there's nothing that we should do with selfishness or with pride. That we are to esteem others, hold others above ourselves. That's some pretty serious teaching right there. Then verse 4 teaches us that to take care of the needs of others before we even think about taking the care of the needs of our own. It's that joy principle. You'll notice on the screen, J-O-Y, joy. J, Jesus first. O, others second. Y, yourself last. If we will apply that to our life, we will begin to live out the purpose of God stronger and reveal it more to people we come in contact with. So when we come to verse 5 about having this mind in you that's in Christ, we see our example of humility spelled out in the following verses by the Apostle Paul. Example number 1 is in verse number 6. He uses the term sacrifice sacrifice, what, sacrifice means to give up something to allow something greater, to give up something to allow something greater, have you ever put a child in front of you, tell them say you know, see this piece of candy, now if you don't touch that piece of candy when you get through, I'll give you a whole bag of candy, walk off and leave that get kid and see what happens. That's the same way with adults, same way with Christians. You know, we don't seem to want some uh, our gratification out. We want it right now. And we have to sacrifice the things in our life in order to receive the things that God's got for it. Jesus, our primary example, says he gave up reputation, meaning his standing. His standing at the time before he came to earth was, did you know he was the king of heaven? Did you know he sat on the throne? Uh, his life of glory was that he was worshipped by everyone around him Uh, and he gave up that unity that oneness that he had with God the Father and he sacrificed his standing his reputation to come to earth for us I mean, Revelation 19:1 through 5 talks a little bit about what Christ was going through then and what Christ is going through now and what he will be going through throughout eternity. He said, after these things, listen to this, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgment. And he had judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged the blood of the servants of his hand. And again they say, hallelujah. And smoke arose forever. And the four and 20 elders and the four beasts fell down. And they worshiped the God that sat on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye servants and all you that fear him, both small and great. Can you imagine in heaven as Jesus is sitting on the throne and all the inhabitants of heaven, all the residents of heaven are continually saying, hallelujah, praise the one that sits on the throne. Did you know that one of these days we will be in that chorus doing the same? Hallelujah. This is what he gave up to come to heaven to become a servant, a bond servant, leaving his will behind for the will of another. So much more that he was beaten, he was rejected, he died the worst death possible on the cross to man. Matthew 20 verse 26 begin with whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever must be first among you must be your slave. Even as God, the Son of Man, gave not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Today, the word servant is demeaning. Humanity does not like that word servant. We throw in words like associate, partner, or family, and that's true in God's work, even though we're all servants of God and we serve each other, we are associates. We all work together in unity. We're also partners. We're all called to walk worthy of the calling that God has placed us in we're all family the children of God brothers and sisters in Christ and what's bothering me right now more than anything and I'm serious with my pa- as a pastor as a one God's put you know I like to be in front of you I like to be there when you're suffering I like to pray with you I like to be there before you go into surgery I like to be there when a relative is facing death and I've not been able to do that in these past two months and it rips my heart out because we're partners we're family in the family of God and we love each other and we serve each other and not to be able to be there for my brothers and sisters absolutely tears my heart completely out and it should yours as well we are more we're no more like Christ than we're a, when we're a servant servant means someone who serves another because especially in this case because he or she belongs to another being a willing servant So Christ gave up his standing, his reputation of heaven. He became a servant and he became a man. The most amazing thing in history, the God of heaven become a man. The creator of all become the creator, creation. He gave up his standing, he became a servant, he became evident of humanity by becoming a man. That's what he sacrificed. Now the question arises, What are we sacrificing for God? What are we sacrificing for each other for the purpose of God? Are we sacrificing our time? Nobody has time anymore for anything. We don't have time in a lot of ways to come to worship. We don't have time to come to Bible study. We don't have time to go out and meet the needs of somebody else. We don't have the time to pick up a telephone or to give a text and check how somebody... We just say we don't have the time. And then we say, oh, we can't give up our money. We don't have the money either. We can't give to the cause of God. I've got so much indebtedness. I've got so much at stake. I can't give. We refuse to even give up our money. And we refuse to give up our abilities uh, of what God's given us, the ability to do. I I again think about Jerry. Uh, When we leave a trustee meeting and he has a job to do like we did here a a month ago, he called me back and he said, Larry, I can't do that and it bothers me. You know, he can't do much, but he was willing. But yet, there are hundreds in our churches. There are thousands in our churches. There are millions in our churches that call themselves Christians who sit on the pews of church that have the ability to do and they don't do. Are we willing to sacrifice a little bit for the purpose of God? The second word is humility. In verse number 7, it says he gave up his authority. He... Gave up his divinity, you might say. He was in the form of God. He was the God Man. He was all God. He gave that up to become a man. First uh, John chapter one verse one says, "In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God." He gave up that authority. I put a word down. I couldn't find in the dictionary, but I believe it. He came up. He gave up his divineship. If y'all find that, let me know. I couldn't find it, but you know, they need to put it in there. His divine his godship. He gave that up. He also gave gave up being served to become the servant to serve others. It was illustrated so clearly when he washed his disciples' feet in John 13, which says, He rises from supper, he laid aside his garment, he took the towel, and he girded himself. After that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he had girded. Man, what an example of servanthood. The God of heaven on his knees, girded with a towel, washing dirty, stinky feet. You know, I, I, I passed Rachel back there. Can I use that, Rachel? Rachel has a little trouble right now with some fluid buildup left over from COVID, and uh, she was back there without her shoes on. And I happened to pass, and I said, something smells like dirty feet back here. <laughs> and she she began to tell me, I'm sorry, I I didn't know, you know, my feet are swollen. Well, did you know Jesus washed feet that wasn't just swollen? He washed feet that had walked the roads of dirt and dust. And he washed those because he gave us an example of what it means to be a humble servant. You see, we wash each other's feet every time we serve our fellow man. You're no more like Jesus than you are when you're serving another. Remember, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Now, we go from humility to submission. Verse number 8, submission's like a dirty word, but it means giving into another for the good of all. It says here, he became obedient, which means he become submissive. John six thirty eight says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So much so here that this scripture says he was submissive even to the death on the cross. Yeah, amen. Thank you over there. I appreciate that. Said John 18, 37 said, To this end I was born, and for this cause I came into the world. He gave up his authority to become a, a submissive. He gave up his standing to become submissive. How submissive are we willing to be to God and to others? No wonder Jesus' words right before his death was, not my will be done, but thou's. You know, a lot of times when we feel the Lord putting something on our mind and heart to do, we stand up and we right in the face of God and we say, I won't do it. I just won't do it. And then other times we say, well, I'll do it, but I don't want to do it. But it's when we say, I'll do it, because it's your will. That's we begin God's purpose being lived out in our life. Now we go to the fourth word of suffering. Verse number 8, it's a continuing the salts of submissive, submission there when Jesus makes the extent of even to the cross of suffering. He's going to suffer and die in our place, to pay the debt that we owe and the debt he did not owe? Are we willing to suffer a little bit for Christ's sake? If it meant today standing for Christ, if it meant imprisonment, would we claim to be a Christian? If it meant death, a penalty of death, would we claim to be a Christian? I doubt very seriously we would. I question myself as to whether I would or not. But that's submissive as Jesus was. He was so submissive that he was willing to suffer whatever it took to pay the debt of our sins that we could have eternal life and go to heaven with him. So we see sacrifice. We see humility. We see submission. We see suffering. And all of those produces a Christ mindset. When we're willing to sacrifice to accomplish God's will, when we're willing to humble ourselves in order to accomplish His will, when we're willing to submit to the Father's wishes in order to accomplish His will, when we're willing to suffer a little bit, if that's what it takes, to accomplish His will. And when all of that is over, let me give you the end result for Jesus, and really part of it's the end result for us as well. As we begin in verses 9 through verse 13, we see the end result. Now let me go down to verse number 10. which said Jesus was highly exalted here through the name of Christ. Said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess him as Lord. The way up is down. The way for Jesus to receive the glory of man that he deserved was to come down. The way for us, the opposite of pride is humility. We need to come down. God blesses those who sacrifice for Him, who, who, who are obedient to Him, who suffer for Him. He, 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 I mean, how's our life being lived? Think about how is your life being lived. Is it for Christ or for yourself? How, what's your purpose in life? Is it your self-purpose or is it the purpose of life? Now, I'm reminded here of a teaching moment from a commercial on TV. The Farm Bureau commercial, they play every year at Christmas. The father and his son's in a restaurant. The waitress is talking about all the problems she had. She don't know how she's going to pray for, play, pay, play, pay for him. She has no idea how she's going to make it. The man laid down a $100 bill and walks out. And his son comes out and asks a question, Dad, did you know you left a $100 bill in there? He said, yeah, I'll get it back. And it aggravates Donna to no end that he doesn't use that as a teaching moment. He uses that, again, as extended gratitude. He's got to learn from it as time goes on. You see, a lot of times we've got to learn from what God's doing. He just doesn't heap out everything on us all at once. If He did, we'd probably be the worst sinners ever. Was. I always said one time, you know, I don't play the lottery. But you know, if God's got a miracle, I don't know why He don't let me hit it. You know, but I don't play it. And then I got to thinking: if I got the lottery, what would I do with it? I'd resign Portland Church. I would take off. I'd get me a, a house in the Bahamas. I'd get me a house on the ocean. I'd get me a house up in the Rockies of, of Canada for the warm weather. I would just spread myself out all I want to, and I'd have such a great, wonderful time. You know what that means? I'd get out of the will of God if He gave me too much at one time. And I believe that's the same way with us. If God just opened up heaven and poured it all out upon us, I'm just afraid we'd begin to go our own way. So we have to learn as we go along, like that young man in that commercial has to learn why his dad left that money there that he did. He said, it'll come to you one of these days. You know, it will. You'll learn one of these days what's happening. I mean, we discover that in verse number 13 there, you know. I often wonder, people say, I can't do this. I can't live the Christian life. I can't serve God. I can't find God's purpose for my life. I can't, I can't, I can't. Can I tell you why you can't? revealed in verse 13 for it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure we have to allow him to work in us if we attempt to accomplish everything on our own it will be a disaster We have to allow God to do his work in us. He's still working on me, and he will until the day he's calling me home. And he works on me sometimes through the fact that he wants me to sacrifice, or he wants me to humble myself, or he wants me to be submissive or to suffer. It's the way he teaches me. It's the way he brings me to the point that when I go through those things, I understand it's not about me. It's about him. And throughout this whole series, if we could just understand, it's not about us. It's about others, and it's about Him. We will grow in the Lord, and we will regain the purpose we had back in January of 2020 when I stood up here and I preached about that 2020 vision and what we were going to be able to do through 2020. And then something called COVID COVID stepped in. And we didn't even meet on, Thanksgiving, on, on on Easter. We had about five, four weeks we didn't meet. We went straight virtual. We had a couple of weeks of worshiping out here in the parking lot when it got a little bit warmer. Then we came into church and everything beginning to go crazy again. And we decided, well, we need to shut down for four more weeks and go virtual again. And did you know we've been months since that and we've never recovered We have allowed Satan to rob us of the purpose that God's placed in us. Now, I know we use God's wisdom, and there's a lot of things we can't do right now. But there's still all those simple things of service that we can do and find a way that we would just allow God to work in us.
1: We trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word week. These sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday school videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Just search in the search engine for Portland General Baptist Church. Subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, And others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.